This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello once again to you, the Soulfully Casual listener, whether new or old, it's very much appreciated. This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice and brought to you by Matty Ice Media. If it's not obvious, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and let's get into some topics today that came up over the weekend or at the end of last week that I think are certainly worth my attention. So before I get into that, though, uh, one of the things that I have learned over the last few years, and more specifically as I have been finding my voice via this show and other shows too, I mean, just because a show is about sports or just because a show is not about all of the serious content that is taking place in this world, does not mean that one cannot find a voice or better articulate their thoughts when it comes to the world's social issues and just how you feel about them and also how you comprehend them, how you process them. One of the things that I've learned over the last few years is to look beyond the surface level. Now, I actually thought that I did that for the most part throughout the entirety of my life. I think when you're younger, you tend to look more at the surface level, get into the more raw emotional ways of thinking and reacting. And when, as you get older, you get more of a worldview, more world experience, you generally tend to open your mind to what is beneath the surface layer and get into what I consider the nuanced takes or the nuanced um, aspects of a particular topic. As we have learned over the last four years, not everybody does that. There are a great number of people who take the word that they hear as gospel, and it's not in a religious sense, I just mean that they hear it, they believe it, there's no questioning. We've heard that with Trump supporters when it comes to things like QAnon, the election results, and so forth. And we've also heard that in on the liberal side as well, so it's not as if it's just conservatives who are thinking this way. I think it's just humanity in general. I think that social media has added to that aspect with, I have a platform, I can say whatever I want, and people think to themselves, if somebody said it or somebody posted it, then it must be true and I have to believe it. I have learned that the world is much more complicated than that. The world has lots of gray areas. Nothing is really truly black and white, even if a scenario presents itself as black and white. Sure, we can look at microtransactions that happen or transactions that happen, instances that take place, and find ourselves on one side or the other. Just because we find ourselves on one side or the other doesn't mean that there is not other elements to it or other angles by which to attack it and analyze it. So over the weekend, uh, we found out that Derek Chauvin, who was the officer convicted of murdering George Floyd, was sentenced uh, to 22 and a half years in prison. So when I talked about the verdict way back when, this is a couple of months ago, 20 something or so episodes ago, I mentioned that while on the surface it seems like a win for justice, however, it's not even close to coming to solving the problem that perhaps this issue uh, was almost unfairly judged because there was so much riding on it, there were so many incidences that we saw that needed almost a makeup call, if you will, and Derek Chauvin was the spotlight of all of these injustices that have happened over the course of hundreds of years in this country. Perhaps you might think he got an unfair trial given all of the social exposure, given the fact that the news stream was almost impossible not to sway the jury one way or the other. However you feel about that, 
the verdict was what the verdict was and i personally feel that the verdict went a long way to starting to correct the injustices that have taken place over the course of history but it by itself does nothing in terms of you know getting us to the right place in the immediate future right there's so much work that has to be done the court system is one way to do this the justice system is one way to do this the police system in terms of training and making sure that we are not profiling are not using lethal force more than we have to um you know and just a better understanding of the complicated nature of policing the complicated nature of police work and also the complicated you know nature of the relationships that non-white people have with policing right and all of those things are a part of the gray area that come with these police shootings these um, oppressive looking incidences that take place between police and black people specifically in this case i also said that the conviction was one thing sentencing was another because many many times we hear a conviction and the sentencing either doesn't match up or doesn't seem to fit the nature of the crime so in this case 22 and a half years on the surface level seems adequate it seems like okay i could not spend 22 and a half years in jail myself and so therefore this man is going to lose approximately a quarter of his freedom if you think about the average lifespan for a male being about 80 years old but that in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean that justice was served i've spoken many times and i believe i spoke to it on the episode about the verdict that justice looks different for everybody um, if somebody were to perpetrate a crime similar to this on a family member of mine i might feel that justice is one thing or one avenue whereas others might feel differently for some the conviction in civil court that has a monetary price tag to it is considered justice or it feels like justice to them they feel compensated in some tangible way for whatever crimes or loss that they have had done onto them by the criminal themselves for some it's criminal court they want to see the death penalty they want to see jailing they want to see suffering because jail in and of itself is not a great existence so it looks different to everybody uh, for me the idea that 22 and a half years is not long enough is valid and i'll get into that right now so think about it this way derek chauvin is somewhere in his mid 40s i didn't take the time to look up how old he is because quite frankly i don't give a crap about how old he is uh i watched the video multiple times i understand the circumstances of, about which this crime took place i understand the circumstances of george floyd's life leading up to this incident and all of that i've taken all that information and i have decided for myself that his actions went well above and beyond what is considered good solid policing um, it went to a place that george floyd ended up losing his life despite calling out several times many many times i can't breathe even if you're under arrest even if you are being detained against your will for something that you did that is perceivably against the law your life should still be considered sacred because we only get one of them there are many avenues in which george floyd, george floyd could have been convicted could have been sentenced to something applicable for whatever it is his crime was at the time if there was even a crime at all that's one thing we don't necessarily know uh, the severity of crimes differs and the severity of punishment differs so there's that um the one thing that i think sticks out in my mind is that whenever we see these sentences uh, very rarely do they come to fruition in their fullness especially when they are not considered a life sentence or like back-to-back -back life sentences so many times 
when we see a criminal of a high magnitude, serial killer, serial rapist, things of this nature, terrorists, we generally tend to see a life sentence or back-to-back -back life sentences in some way to basically make it so that appealing and court you know, proceedings and so forth can't reduce the sentence to a place in which this person will be allowed their freedom once more. The whole point of the court system and conviction is to make sure that people are being punished for their crimes. I mean, there's law for laws for a reason. I understand that there is a rehabilitation side to it, but I would say that studies and statistics show that that isn't really the case. Like somebody going to jail doesn't rehabilitate them, especially if they are somebody who is hardwired to be a criminal for the rest of their life. And we also have evidence as seen as to how people's brains are wired uh, chemically and so forth. It's the same as any type of chemical addiction or anything like that. Um, sometimes we are born at a disadvantage that does not allow us to process things or act in a way that is commensurate to quote unquote the norm. Uh, so think about that. So 22 and a half years. So let's say that Derek Chauvin is 42 years old. Let's just take a wild guess. That gets him to what? 64 almost 65 years old our president is currently 78 years old uh, our former president was 74 years old when he left office so the idea of being 65 is no longer what it used to be um, being in your 60s meant you were ancient back in the day and even if you look back 20 years from from today you will see that somebody who was in their 60s looked vastly different than people in their 60s today um, when I was a kid and I thought of people being in their 60s, I thought of white hair. I thought of being frail. I thought of getting up at 3 a.m., eating breakfast at five, you know 4 a.m., eating dinner at 2 p.m. I thought of all of the things that is you know commensurate with being geriatric, old, frail, you know, just completely at the last leg of their life. What have we learned since then? It's not necessarily the case. Uh, my father-in-law is in his late 60s, and it's very, very, very possible that he could have 20 to 25 years of life still remaining. We just don't know. Um, it's all very, you know, based off of genetics and so forth. But the idea of being 65 years old and getting out of jail, yes, the world has changed drastically around him. And there is always going to be a stigma uh, related to criminals who get out of jail and are inserted back into the, the real world, if you will. But 65 is not old the way that it used to be. So in theory, Derek Chauvin could live out the entirety of the sentence. Yes, it's going to be a hard existence in jail. And I have no doubt that he is going to be shown zero mercy and will probably have to spend a vast majority of his jail time away from the general public within that jail facility. I just have to think so because there's an interesting amount of justice that is laid down within the jailing system. I've never been to jail. So I don't know exactly how this comes to fruition. I hope to never find out, which is one reason why I obey the laws whenever I can, because I don't want to go to jail. Like, that's just not something that I would like to participate in. However, I know that the social dynamics of, you know, these high uh, security prisons and so forth can very much be brutal. Uh, there are many cliques. There are many groups, white supremacist groups there. But interestingly enough, there's two things that I've always understood to be not accepted uh, when it comes to being in jail, and that's cop killing and uh, any crimes against children. The interesting part about this here is that this is a police officer going to jail, and that generally tends to be very, very rough because obviously the police are the reason why many of these criminals are in jail. 
and I'm sure there are many a criminal who feels that they are not guilty of whatever it is they were arrested for and then ultimately convicted for. So he's going to have a rough existence. However, he might get bailed out and be in solitary confinement or be in a cell that is away from the general public because the facility understands that his life is going to be immediately in danger and he is going to have a threat on him, basically the entirety of his jail sentence. And one thing we end up seeing is that the humanity of these people in jail is sacred to the system and there can be a debate on that you know in some way but not every person who's convicted is created equal and that gets me to my next point i think to myself the conviction is a big deal because we've never really seen police officers uh, held accountable in this kind of way but one thing that we can say is that the sentence compared to what a lot of non-white people sentences have been for much, much lesser crimes. For instance, uh, a friend of mine has a family member who was sentenced to, I believe, 30 years in prison for marijuana possession and selling. I understand that drugs are still a big deal in this country and that we don't want people selling drugs because we don't want our kids to be exposed to it, all that type of thing. Uh, but we have come to learn now that marijuana in and of itself is a relatively accepted drug because it's not too un uncommon from alcohol or cigarettes. Um, it sure is something that impairs you, but it's not something that is life damaging the way that like cocaine, heroin, meth, um, even oxycodone, which by the way, is something that is prescribed in medical facilities by actual doctors. So that is something that can be obtained in the most legal of ways, but we don't seem to be going back to some of these sentences that were had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and rethinking our position and possibly reducing sentences, realizing that, okay, this crime is not nearly on the same magnitude as we thought that it was, and so we need to be going back. The other thing is that the statistics show that there is a disproportionate amount of black people who have been jailed at longer sentences for smaller crimes than their white contemporaries. That is a fact. That is something that you can go look up. I clearly don't have that in front of me, but it's a point that I'm trying to make as it relates to why this sentence seems like it could be not appropriate, if you will, because what would the sentence have been if Derek Chauvin were a black man who killed somebody? I think he would have been in jail for his entire life, right? And why does that matter? The reason why it matters is because what Derek Chauvin did ended a life it ended george floyd's life george floyd can't get that back george floyd cannot resume his life at any point in time uh derek chauvin can especially if the legal system works in his favor he could only serve about 15 years of this sentence and basically what do we have we have him getting out with many years potentially left um, in his life cops have a fraternity if he gets out there's going to be support for him when he gets out no doubt there's going to be somebody that served with him on the force or somebody that knows his family or whatever you want to call it who's going to reach out and is going to do what they can to get him back on his feet something that many criminals specifically many black criminals many non-white criminals are not afforded right they're not afforded that because they're not seen as somebody who is part of a fraternity in a way in which they could they should be receiving some type of help and so there are many differences to Derek Chauvin's conviction, Derek Chauvin's uh, situation to me that make what we saw in a sentence feel like justice, but not actually manifest itself as justice.
because I think what you are going to see is a lot of folks who are quote unquote woke and quote unquote down with the cause. And I'm talking specifically about white people who are going to point to this um, this verdict. And you know what? Thinking about it more, it's not actually going to be just woke people. It's going to be a lot of people who have been on the side of police officers when they're killing black people, but ironically not on their side when they're you know in trouble for other things. Uh, those are the people that are going to point to this as confirmation bias to say, look, the police force is policing itself. The justice system is taking care of this. There's not a systemic problem anymore because this particular incident is showing you that there's not a problem. However, this verdict doesn't fix the actual problem. This verdict doesn't fix the culture around why this verdict is even taking place in the first place. So police shootings, police shootings that are resulting in a disproportionate amount of black people, um, you know, dying right and being shot i mean yes there's a lot of white people who are also in the hands of the law who have been shot and murdered i totally understand that but it doesn't seem like they have the same kind of profile as some of these incidences especially now in a day where we have high levels of exposure police are wearing cameras or they should be wearing them at all times people have cell phones at all times and so these incidences that take place are going to happen in a way that becomes very very public and while you might question that societal change and think, well, why does everything have to be public? There is a benefit about how we can be exposed to these things, which makes us think about how we make a better path forward. So this verdict in and of itself is almost like a starting point. It doesn't right any of the wrongs of the past. And there might be people who think that it does, but I don't. I firmly believe that this is an isolated incident that needs to be a starting point, a jump off point, a launch point for something bigger in the future. And also, I think that the verdict can be scrutinized. And you might think to yourself, well, they deliberated and this is what they came up with. And that is absolutely true. But again, I ask you the question, what if he is not a police officer and what if he is a black man on trial for a similar crime? Let's take away the police element of it. Let's take away that second degree murder does he even get second degree murder or is it first degree murder is he getting the death penalty is he going away for a much longer time period or at least a long enough time period even with the court system working in his favor to shave off sentences for good behavior and all that crap is a black man getting that luxury i honestly don't know and i don't think so like my gut and my heart tells me the answer to that is no and so this is why I say, or I prefaced at the beginning, why it's important to think of things on a surface, you know, not on a surface level and to peel away the layers and dig deeper into issues. Because what you are ultimately going to find is that there are many little nuances to these seemingly big or black and white incidences that make you question many angles of it. And I think that that is very, very important for us as human beings. I felt like I was spitting fire on the last episode when it came to people being different and the lack of humans specifically thinking in America, but really across the world in general of being able to sort of accept people's differences in a way that allows everybody to do whatever it is that they want to do or live however it is that they want to live. And it's these little things that add to the societal problem of us versus them. In this case, there are us people, and then there are them people. And the us people are the people looking at this thinking, there's never going to be true justice for George Floyd because his life is over. And his life meant something to somebody. 
it doesn't have to be meaningful to a lot of people it just has to be meaningful to one person right and george floyd might be different than you he might not look the same as you hell he might make worse choices than you do that's okay we all make mistakes and we all make bad choices but again our lives are sacred okay and there are people who don't think that president trump i don't think believe many people's lives were sacred even a lot of his own followers i mean he literally left his followers out in the cold after a rally you almost can't make that shit up so there are definitely people who feel as if the sanctity of a life in general is not is not something that is held sacred i'm not one of those people so george floyd can't get his life back those family members those friends can't get any more memories with him and no matter how many years derek chauvin sits in jail that will always be the case so what my hope is is that this feels good to at least somebody out there that the idea that he is going to lose a vast majority of his freedoms at least satiates some subsistence level of justice for somebody but to me it's not enough and i think that as these incidences happen more as they become more and more tried hopefully they are better seen in a objective way and we're looking at these as a whole as everybody is being you know given the same amount of justice like we should be looking at people who have smaller crimes getting sentences that are commensurate of those crimes and i don't know if we get that here but i will say this i i really hope that derek chauvin has a rough time in jail because again he took a life that can now not be gotten back so the freedom that he is losing i hope he is losing as much of that freedom as possible in a way that makes him understand the impact that he has had on society and hopefully one day a hundred years from now we'll look back on this verdict we'll look back on the sentencing and think to ourselves this was the launching point because it seems like ancient history that our differences divided us instead of uniting us because difference does not mean division it doesn't always have to be it can just mean i'm different you're different it's what makes the world go round so uh, i just want to say too um family is going to be taking a little bit of a vacation we're going to be visiting my folks for about a week starting on wednesday uh, my hope is that i'm going to have enough content laid out for you over the course of time um, it's not going to be topical as far as in the moment stuff which is normally the case because i'm going to be leaving the recording stuff away and at home and taking a nice respite from life and the podcast but it doesn't mean that you will be sans content as, as we're gone so hopefully uh, i'll be able to provide you the same episode cadence that i always do but even if i can't please don't forget about me please don't forget about maddie ice media who helped sponsor this show um maddieicemedia.com check out our podcast and so forth and obviously hit me up on socially casual podcast on instagram that's where you can find me so hope everybody's having a great start to their week and i will talk to you next time Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.